Okay, everyone places. This is the final scene, so let's make this one count. And... Action! Hello and welcome to Popcorn, your guide to what's now playing in theaters. I am your host, Kaylee. Joining me is my fabulous co-star, Tuesday. Hello. Well, hello! And we are here to talk about a fun little movie called Wonderstruck. Was my dad an astronomer? Another time, okay? When it's the right time. It's never the right time. If I knew where my dad was. I can't, I can't talk. This is a story about what makes us different. And about having the courage to find the place where we belong. from my dad. It's where I found the bookmark. Why did my father have this book? Now, this is a story. It's really two stories that are tracking parallel. It starts off with a little boy in the Midwest trying to reconcile the death of his mother. And at the same time, he's been searching for who his father is. In the second storyline is a little girl in New York, and she's deaf, and she is searching for where she belongs in the world. She lives at home with her father, but it's not a great relationship, and her mother is a famous actress, not interested in her life, and uh, she is also deaf, so she experiences the world very differently. Also, Both of these parallel stories are in different times. So for the little boy, it's in the 1970s. And for the girl, it's in the 1920s. And it's fascinating because in the 1970s, it's very much kind of that sepia-colored, like old photographs, um, very much the the 70s look um, in tones and colors, as well as costuming and everything else. And for the 1920s bit, It's all in black and white, and we'll try our best to not spoil what actually happens in this movie, Uh, but we'll just insert it here. Possible spoiler alert, so if you haven't seen this film, you might want to see it before finishing this review, but uh, I want to start with you, Tuesday, because uh, first of all, there is a lot of um, death inclusiveness, I guess you could say, in this film, and you are a certified interpreter, so I wanted to get your thoughts on how... The deaf community was portrayed in this movie. Actually, I thought it was done fantastically. While I can never speak for the deaf, whether an interpreter or anything else, uh, as an interpreter, I can say the portrayal was done very respectfully and what I believe and deem to be very correct, both for deaf individuals in the 1920s, as well as those in the 1970s and beyond. It was a very good idea of how difficult it was in the earlier days as far as communication and understanding of uh, deaf needs. So that it it was very, very tactfully and tastefully done. 
Yeah, and I thought, you know, uh, as an artist, as film as an art, I should say, is it was really, really uh, inclusive for a hearing audience to to see what life could be like because most of this film was actually no dialogue. Uh, it wasn't completely silent. The, it, the, the music was very much the, the star of the show. So it reminded me a lot of uh, Birdman from a few years ago, but it also reminded me of, I believe the film was called The Artist, which was that black and white film from some years back that was about the silent films leading up to the talkies. So again, no dialogue there. No, they they absolutely did a good job of if you were in the stance of, say, the daughter who is deaf, you were in that position in the film. So people would be yelling at you, a.k.a. at her, and you wouldn't know what they were saying. The film was completely silent. And having that that point of view is very rare. And I think that's why it was so respectfully done is you get just the tiny, tiniest inkling or glimpse into how difficult it can be to be a deaf person. And even those who are more portrayed as hard of hearing in the film, you, you catch that, you know, they hear things like they hear the AC running, but they can't understand what you're saying and, and things like that. So the portrayal is done very well. Mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of touch upon as well just the visual aspects of this film, which if you are a hearing impaired person or, or deaf, it's not this is not always true, I'm not speaking for the deaf community, but there's this idea that your other senses kind of compensate. And I feel like the film did that with how they were framing each shots, how how the dream sequences were. It was a very visually interesting film. I don't want to necessarily say stunning, but it was like watching a poem a lot of the times. Um, there, there's this reoccurring dream for the little boy, Ben, and that dream as it is further realized, you know, and you could kind of feel his thought processes as well as, you know, feel the experience he's going through. Um, and also with the little girl, uh, Rose, you know, she was a model maker and that plays a big part in the film's story. But, you know, again, that visual, that tactileness building, scale models of of the city or or of little paper boats it was just very visually interesting that reminded me a lot of like Wes Anderson films there was that much care I feel like put into the visuals in this film which I thought was very appealing not not a lot of movies can do that in such a clever and meaningful way I think some of the smallest minute details were were taken great care of in this film. Uh, one of the most amazing aspects, visual-wise, I would say, is n- the way that New York is portrayed, both in the 20s and the 70s. It is so incredibly spot-on. The differences are vast, and they are shown perfectly and that correlates a lot actually with the music which is something despite the fact that there is a lot of quiet there is a lot of music in the film as well which doesn't make sense right we're saying it was both very quiet and very loud in music but you'll have to see to believe and it helps the the different New York times go very well together with the musical choices 
that were decided on in this film. It th- that that contrast in the two time frames that we look at is absolutely amazing and stunning to really look at now that we're looking back on both of them. Absolutely. And I want to give kudos to both the kids who played uh, the children in this film. The little boy was played by Oakes Fangley, and he did a fantastic job. He's a, he's a familiar face. I know I've seen him in other things, um, but this is the first time that I'm aware of that he's played like a lead character. And to play a character because it was rough he went from a hearing person to a deaf person and the kid you know he's playing a 12 year old boy but still that's not an easy role to pull off that young and he was able to do that so convincingly to show the frustrations of not being able to hear anybody anymore and uh, just not being able to understand and telling people to write stuff down and they, and then they won't they'll still talk at him that sort of thing and then for the little girl rose millicent simmons she was fantastic again I'm, i've seen her face around i've seen her in stuff and she just had this beautiful it was all in her eyes she had the most beautiful eyes even though like she was only seen in black and white she got so much expression out of her face that for one so young, I was totally captivated and impressed by what she could do. And I was just blown away. Absolutely. Uh, again, we seem to have the, the show stolen by some of the younger characters, which seemed to be a theme between you and I, Kaylee. But <laughs> I think that's because we see the, the power of these young actors and them coming of age or growing so much even within a film and I absolutely enjoyed both of them except for especially the fact that Rose couldn't say anything she was a deaf girl in the 1920s and you just you didn't it was still coming of age for you know even thinking that they could speak or grow up to be able to have working jobs and things of that nature so everything was in her face, like Haley was saying. Uh, ironically, my favorite part of this film is at the end, so I can only tell you so much, but there's this beautiful story dialogue that occurs. It's almost in still frame, almost in claymation. It's such a mixed media story, but I almost started crying. Um, the ending for me is very much... Um, I'm a advocate for... Eastern ideas and medicines, and I believe in the red thread of fate, and I feel that that plays a lot in this storyline as well as the ending. And by far, the the ending, it really came together. For a long time, I was kind of chasing a storyline, and I feel like most of the time, I know where a story is going. And with this, with the two separate stories, and were these going to come together? Was it some alien abduction at the end you know we just we really had no idea and everything just came to this beautiful summation which I don't think always happens in the films that we uh review and watch and this one was almost to tears it was done so beautifully all right we will catch up with you this next time on popcorn fan film reviews you can catch us online at popcornfanfilmreviews.weebly.com 
And always check us out on Facebook at Popcorn Fan Film Reviews. As usual, it's me, Tuesday, and your co-host, Kaylee. That's me. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.